the Pink After Show. He's going savage. Run for your life. That was a disgraceful performance in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the freaking game. In my opinion, that sucked. Uh, playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. The Point After Show. What can you do? I mean, there's nothing you can do. You can't do anything. There's nothing. We can't do We couldn't throw. We throw an interception. It's just... The Point After Show. The best goddamn fantasy football show in the world. Ready? Let's go. Hey, yo! Thanks for tuning in to The Point After Show, where we discuss all things fantasy football. This episode, we'll be breaking down week five big fantasy football stories and discuss top player performances. I'm the host with the most fantasy football points, Eddie Strupa. As always, I'm joined by the Lipko brothers, Paul and Tom. The Lipko brothers, I'm making it sound like the Menendez brothers. Except you guys uh, aren't murderers, even though you did kill it Thursday night. Fantasy murder. And of course, Joe Cavi, the producer, Caviston. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's Eddie, up? Eddie, Eddie. First, probably the biggest story of the week, I would say, would be Tom Brady Bunchen picking up where he left off. Yes, who's back? He's back! The Patriots just handed it to the Browns today. What do you guys... Uh, did you guys expect story? anything different than the Patriots coming up than this? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Last year, Tom Brady had a uh, suspension looming over him, and he came out and torched the Steelers opening night with uh, 288 yards and four TDs. You know, you had to expect with him actually getting suspended this year, he was going to go ham. Brady comes out, 406 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, dude just plays angry. He's angry at Goodell. He's angry at everybody in the NFL that wants to stand in front of this team. They're just ridiculous. You know, we also have to talk about the tight end situation going on there. You have Martellus Bennett catching three touchdowns. Does this impact Gronk? I know he still had 109 yards this week, but what what, what do you do going forward? I don't know, but I got to be honest. There's two tight ends. Kind of looks a little familiar, doesn't it, in uh, in New England? I feel like this happened a, a few years back. Hopefully, Marty B stays out of trouble, but... He, no late-night drives down dark Yeah, dirt no rows. but I'll tell you right now, where he does seem to be taking some late-night strolls is the end zone. Three touchdowns today. All three. All three of t- uh, Brady's touchdowns went to... Uh, went, I'm sorry, went to Marty B. So you got to say that it does affect Gronk in some way. I mean, his, his touchdowns are going to Martellus instead of yeah, to both, Gronk. Both of them had a, a lot of targets, but the person that I think this might impact the most is going to be Julian Edelman. He did, wasn't targeted that much today. I think these two are going to be target machines going forward. They're big bodies. They smash down the middle. They can make those moves. You throw it up high. Whatever needs to be done to get those touchdowns in the end zone. Yeah, I think all the wide receivers from uh, New England might, might be taking a little bit of a hit going forward with, with Gronk coming back and with Brady at, at QB now. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree, Tommy. I know that typically you're the guy that's all over games, all over stats, um, but you missed this one. Edelman actually had 10 targets today. Five catches, 35 yards. Pretty mediocre game, but 10 targets. So I don't see the targets going away for Edelman. If anything, I think he actually gets a bump because of Brady coming back. I think your your tight ends are going to be touchdown vultures. Another guy that I, I, I like going forward is James White. He had a nice, finally had a decent fantasy uh, value this week. And LeGarrette Blunt, 18 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. I think of the bulk of his carries came in garbage time. He is probably the only person that I think is it's, it's impacting heavy as Brady being back. I think that he his value is dropped. Well, let's take a look at the other side of the ball, too. You know, there wasn't much offense here. Cody Kessler getting injured. So what kind of impact does that have on Terrell Pryor? 
and Crowell going forward. Are they going to put up the same numbers they've been doing in the past couple weeks? If I'm honest with you, I'm, I'm a prior owner. Picked him up two weeks ago, and I've been severely disappointed two weeks in a row with him. I mean, he's borderline playable at this point. Five catches for 48 yards today. And like you said, Kessler going down, Whitehurst coming in. I mean, they're on their fifth quarterback of the season, and we're in week five, guys. That's a struggle. I'm not. Uh, I, I have struggle. no confidence in any Browns offensive player. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, I Duke Johnson, and I don't know what to do with him. Uh, Duke Johnson. I have some confidence droppable. in Josh Gordon until he uh, went to rehab. You, Amy Winehouse, with that one. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Drell Pryor might be the starting quarterback before the season's over. It's like, you got to think about that, too. It's possible. I thought he was going to get some reps today when Kessler went down. Whitehurst got in, made it key. He, he was ineffective. Pryor, I think, is borderline droppable. Duke Johnson, I believe, is droppable. Crowell is probably their, their, their only faithful guy there. He had a bad game this week. It was, I mean, there was nothing he was going to do. New England jumped out so fast. Crowell wasn't going to get anything going this week. I think moving forward, Crowell is still okay. He's probably their only startable player on that team right now. And he's still iffy. If I have Crowell, which I do in multiple leagues, I'm going to go out and try to get a trade for him, see what I could get. All right, that's a wrap. The Patriots-Browns game. Let's move on to the, the next big story of the week. Let's talk about the Bears and Indiana, Indianapolis Colts game. Brian Hoyer, he seems to be taking over and taking control of the offense in Chicago. Brian Hoyer is legit. He's been averaging over 300 yards per game and two touchdowns. I think it's about time that the Bears part ways with Jay Cutler. I think if you had Brian Hoyer as quarterback all year, everything would be looking a lot different for the Bears right now. You also have Jordan Howard, who was a beast today. Another 16 carries, 118 yards. You might as well drop Langford. I know he's coming back soon, hopefully. Another 45 receiving yards and a touchdown for Howard. What do you think? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with Hoyer. If you guys read my waiver wire pick this week, Hoyer was on there. I think he's an absolute stud. Last two weeks, over 300 yards. He didn't disappoint again this week. Another two more touchdowns and 397 yards. And I think there's a player this week that some people are going to start to hear the name come through, and you're probably going to see it this week on my waiver wire. That is Kevin White's replacement, Cameron Meredith. I mean, he was just a target machine. 12 targets. He caught nine passes for 130 yards and a touchdown. Keep an eye out for him. If you're looking to pick up a wide receiver this week your waiver pickup he might be the guy to go to as long as Kevin White's out he's your guy my only problem with that though is I think there are a lot of the catchers catchers over there in Chicago you have Zach Miller Alshon Jeffrey Eddie Royal Howard catching out of the backfield I think it's a boom or bust situation with Meredith there if you did if you watched the game though when it was down to the wire last few minutes of the game when when they needed to get the ball to a wide receiver. Hoyer kept on targeting Cameron Meredith. He actually, 12 to 6 was the targets between Meredith to Alshon Jeffrey today. Yeah, I think the I think the big factor is this is uh, Alshon's dinged up like he always is. Every single year we go through this, every single game, they're, they're struggling staying healthy. And like I said, I think that Meredith's, Meredith is a, is a great Pick up from a waiver perspective if you need some wide receivers. I think if you have a spot on your bench, pick them up, sure. But if you don't have much room on your bench, you have some other people there, I don't think you waste it. This is one game, and we're all high on him already. Let's wait and see what he does next week. After that, if he has another solid week, even if he doesn't have a huge production, but he's still getting all the targets, then maybe I, I put him on my waiver wire radar. But for now, I'm going to let him slip. If someone else wants to use a transaction on him, go ahead. Well, I'm going to let you know I'm going to take. Got Jacksonville and Green Bay coming up his next two games, and both of them have just absolute horrid pass defense against wide receivers. So fantasy points are plenty if Cameron, if Kevin White stays stays hurt. Let's look to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about Andrew Luck. I've been kind of down on Andrew Luck. I know that you guys, I've been asking you guys this for a little bit. And when do you hit the panic button on Andrew? luck. I mean, if you watch him for all of three quarters and probably three and a half quarters, he just looks terrible. 
His offensive line is a disaster. You know, he, he came through this week with 322 yards passing and two touchdowns, but I think a lot of that was in desperation time. But I, I'll tell you one thing, his boy T.Y. is there for him. You look three out of the five weeks so far. He's had way over 300 yards, so he's, he's there. He's there. He, I think there's going to be one week where he comes out, he's shining, and after that week, things are going to be good. Like you said, the line is terrible. He's always, always had someone in his face. Even when he's throwing the ball and it looks like he has a little bit of pocket, he has his left arm reaching out, trying to keep the defenders and his offensive alignment off him so he can actually get the pass off. I, I'm not worried about him, but you've got to talk about T.Y. Hill. This man is a beast. This guy's averaging double-digit targets every single week. This is the second week now. He has had over 170 receiving yards. Last three weeks, he's had a touchdown. What do you think? You, you, you think you hang on to him? He's going to put up numbers like this week in and week out, or you think maybe you look for a trade? Um, No, I 100% think he's elite. I think, like you said, double-digit targets in every single game. Everybody thought that Dorsett was going to be just this breakout guy, but I mean, it's it's just not there. It's T.Y. Hilton is is open on every single route. He's he's fast. He's elusive. I can tell you this. I actually bundled him up in a trade last week and picked up David Johnson. I mean, if you can bundle him in a trade and get a guy like David Johnson for uh, for a running back, you know how good T.Y. Hilton truly is. Yeah, I agree, and I, I can't agree with you more with Philip Dorsett. I drafted him in a lot of my leagues. One of the fastest guys in the NFL, but just can't seem to get old. Targets are going down every week. His receptions are going down. Drop him. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I definitely, hey, maybe I'll go pick up Meredith with that spot. All right, before we move on to the uh, the next game, I wanted to say mad props to Frank Gore for uh, becoming the ninth leading rusher in the NFL history. And yeah, being happens, like 100 years old. That happens playing. when you're in the NFL for 25 <laughs> yeah. years. Understandable as well, but still, I feel like it's a good All right, let's bring it to the next game. The Philadelphia E-A-G-L-E-S. Losers! Failed to go 4-0. and They're 3-1, and and they played the, at Detroit today. Uh, Carson Wentz kind of came back down to earth. Not too much fantasy value in this game besides Theo Riddick. Oh, that's my boy, Theo Riddick. You know I love Theo Riddick. I drafted him. I was made fun of. I was told I should draft Bo and call my team Riddick Bo. What a joke. But here he is again for another week, putting up multiple touchdowns. What did he go for today? 11 rushes, 49 yards. Caught six of six balls, took another 33 yards and two touchdowns. The only problem I have with Theo Riddick, and again, like I say, I love him, I love him, I love him. I start him most weeks, at least in my flex position, is you don't know what you're going to get. You're going to get that Theo Riddick that gives you two touchdowns and 100 yards, or you're going to get that Theo Riddick that gives you 40 yards on the ground and no score. I don't know what to do. What do you do with it? Well, to me, that sounds very, very counterproductive to what you just said. You love Theo Riddick. You love him as a fantasy player, but yet you don't know what you're going to get out of him. I love him. To me, that sounds like a bad combination of a fantasy football player. So you're telling Um, me you can't love something and and be confused about it? That's love in itself. I, I I agree with you. I have him on I have him on a fantasy team. I will tell you that I I regret it immediately. Uh, Just on for the, the second record, quarter. he ridiculed me about drafting. Him. I and no pun intended. After I that. did. I. Uh, I did uh, I did actually keep him on my bench this week. Uh, I immediately regretted that around the second quarter when I realized he had his two two dirties. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm, I was 100% spot on with Stafford, another guy that's up and down like an EKG reading. And I know he's on your team, Tommy. I know you love him. He will never carry you to a fantasy championship. He did have three touchdowns today on 180 yards passing. He said the same thing about Matty Ice. To look at Matty Ice this year. Yeah, Matty Ice is Matty. So he'll, he'll crash and burn right around okay. the playoffs. Time. All right, all right. But anyway, we digress. Paul's logic with fantasy. If he's not on his team, he's a chump. That's pretty true. But no, my, <laughs> my logic is if it's Stafford or Matty Ice on your team, go find another quarterback. 
On the other side of the ball, I do have some questions uh, in regards to the Eagles' backfield. What the hell's going on? Is there an identity there whatsoever? And why in the heck are they not playing Darren Sproles more? Every time he gets the ball, something exciting happens, it seems like. Whether it be five rushes or three catches, it seems like at least one of those, he has a good good percentage of where he's going to bust one for like 20 Well, here's the thing. I think the thing, uh, the issue that you have with Darren Sproles is, Look at his rush number. They're down. They're, they're terrible. He doesn't they're get terrible. enough carries. He gets a you gotta get carries. going. Look, you gotta get the guy going. Versus the Bears, he had 12 carries for 40 yards. What, how, how many more carries do you need to get a guy going? You need more than 12. Well, I'm just saying. So tell, defenses tell, know. Tell if, Lamar Miller and those guys you only need 12 carries. So defenses know if Darren Sproles is in, it, it, good chance it's going to be a swing pass or a pass. They're, they're not going to run the ball with Darren Sproles. They're on by. They did run week. it with them this week though, yeah, successfully. They ran a lot with them successfully. Multiple weeks, but I, my take would be that he's getting a little bit older. Maybe half the limit is carries because I mean, I think, he's up I there think for he's a, phenomenal. He's still a lot of the, the fastest, fastest guys on the team, and I agree with that too. He's, he's very fast, and he's and he, he's efficient, he holds on to the ball, unlike that that other Ryan guy. Matt, yeah, <clears throat> somebody had the game in their mouth and blew it. Yeah, uh, Detroit Lions defense came up big and put the first loss on the Eagles board, which I'm so happy as a Steelers fan that the Eagles lost so I can stop here and all the Eagles fans out there. I don't think we're going to stop here. No, I know. Never going to stop here and the Eagles fans. Yeah, I definitely think Sproles is tough. uh, Maybe if you do two two backs in the backfield, have Matthews and Sproles back there, throw a little zinger at the defense. But when you set uh, Sproles up in the backfield by himself, defenses know what's going to happen. All in all, uh, the Eagles' backfield reminds me a lot of this game in general. There was absolutely nothing to even talk about, and you want to just stay away from it at all costs. So let's move on. So I guess real quick, though, the question comes down to, to both you guys. Is Sproles a fantasy option? Yeah, I, I, I started him this week just because I had no other options. Um, he put up, uh, I mean, it's a half-point PPR league, but he gave me he gave me 9.5 points, 10 points, something like that, which, I mean, if in desperation, I'll take that. I'll give you my opinion on it. I stay away from all Eagles' backfield. They're touchdown dependent. I mean, there's too many. It's a three-headed monster back there. You throw in Barner. You throw in uh, Smallwood. I mean, that that's just it's just ugly. It's... Ed, what do you do? You know, you're talking about starting scrolls, but who was that on your bench that also played in this game? Golden Tate. What are you going to do with him? What do owners do with Golden Tate right now? I have drop no him. idea. I mean, I want to drop, drop him, him, but at the same time, drop him. He did get his. He did get some opportunities today. Drop he him. Off- he almost scored a touchdown. He got stopped at the one. Actually, drop inches. Him. And the the coach said that he's gonna score big plays. He's gonna start. He's gonna start showing his. his and that's talent. the thing, you know. As soon as you drop him, drop he's him. gonna go off and have that huge game, ten catches. But that is yards, that is a good a point. How, how long do I hold on to him? I don't know. It's it's maybe one two more weeks. If, I would have probably then... told you a week ago. You held on to him. I think what you long. do with a guy like Golden Tate is you go out. and Ultra on those low end fantasy football players in your league. That just, no one wants him. Just no one just, wants him. Just Tate by name. You know, maybe Joe Caviston will take right. him because he's a Notre that's, Dame guy. I might be able to listen, trade him for a kicker. That's, that's Golden Tate, Tate if I had a spot open, I would take him. Notre Dame guy. Theoretic, I'm starting every week because he's a Notre Dame Notre guy. Dame so let's guy just uh, right. let's stick with that. Let's move on. All right, we talked about Philadelphia Eagles. Let's bring it over to the other Pennsylvania town of Pittsburgh. I should say city, Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania and talk about the New York Jets visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben and Sammy Coates, they look very in tune today. Sammy Coates had a big day. Talk about that game a little bit more between Paul and Tom. I'm going to hop in real quick here. I'm going to just say Big Ben is absolutely ridiculous. Why is this guy not considered an elite quarterback in fantasy? I just don't get it. Two weeks, last two weeks, it's all he's done. 688 passing yards, nine touchdowns. Why? Why do the, I mean, you, 
every single year for the last however many years. He keeps getting passed up in fantasy. He keeps breaking bigger and better numbers every year. Why are people putting this guy behind guys like Andrew Luck? Please explain that to me in fantasy. I think Andrew Luck is getting the street cred because he came over to Peyton Manning's job. So that's why a lot of people think he's still high on him. You know, I think Andrew Luck would probably be better fantasy-wise if he had a, a line. But let's stick to the game here. We'll talk about Big Ben. and you know, The one thing that scares me here, Eddie, Eddie mentioned him earlier, Sandy Coates. He had a huge game. You know, six could have been catches, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. But, yeah, like you said, could have been bigger. But he's a drop machine. Stone hands. Drop machine. He could have been in the end zone for another touchdown today. But, no, drops it. And he does this week in and week out. It scares him. You know, Big Ben's real accurate. He usually hits you in the numbers. There might be a little air show here and there. But for Sammy Coast, he's dropping balls like he is. He's an NFL. You can't do that. Unacceptable. Yeah, I agree. Big game for him, though. Six catches, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Antonio Brown doing what Antonio Brown does, and that's just he catches everything in the fly zone that's near him. And it's sad he had a like a lower than expected Antonio Brown day, and he still had like 19 points. Yeah, 78 <laughs> so, yards, nine catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown, and we're not even really talking that big about him. Like it's just an everyday thing. For and him he almost there. broke the punt to the house too, for which yeah. would have been the fourth one in the NFL for today. Yeah, same thing with uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you know you're elite when you have you know games like this where you. What did he have? 100 and what? 154 all-purpose yards. He didn't get in the end zone, but 154 all-purpose Nine yards. Nine catches too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eleven targets. I mean, you have that kind of game, and it's it's an okay mediocre game. People you're kind are of disappointed. Down on you're down on. You're down on. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, another big game on the other side of the ball. Brandon Marshall. My man. Brandon Marshall uh, came through for your fantasy owners with uh, eight catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. For the first time this season. Nah, he's been okay. solid. You look at solid. him, though. You look at Brandon Marshall, the only thing that scares me, and I know we talk about this a lot, is look at his targets to catch. Uh, last week he had 12 targets, but only four catches. This week he had 15 targets and eight catches. I know that's great. He's going to get those numbers with the targets, so the opportunities are there for him to score and get yards. But at the end of the day, I don't know. Especially with Eric Decker out. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a target machine. Yeah, he's as a long as machine. Decker stays out, I mean, Marshall's going to get his. Nunwa kind of started off hot a couple weeks ago. He's, he's fizzled out. I think people figured out that he's not Eric Decker. The guy I'm most concerned about, if I'm an owner, is Matt Forte. What are you doing with this guy? At this point, He's he had one breakout week where he had three touchdowns for you. Other than that, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that all goes back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nine interceptions. You know, this week was the first week in three weeks he didn't throw a pick. I think once they write the ship, Eric Decker gets back and the offense gets running again. Forte is going to be solid. My take on Forte is that he is a bit, a bit slower, a bit over the hill. I hate to say that because he's not over the hill, but in in football terms, I think he's a little bit old. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Old man. My life, I'm a lot like you were. Especially running back next turns. Two matchups too. He's, got the, he's at Cardinals, and then he plays the Ravens, who have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And let's think about what Forte really used to bring to the table for you when he was on the Bears. He used to catch out of the backfield. That's where his bread and butter came from. He would, you know, all-purpose yards, but he's not doing that even this year. Well, two catches, seven targets. yards. He had two targets. Yeah. Well, hey, the listen, way Matt Forte needs to be utilized. And, and, and that's scary because if, if I'm if I'm a coach for Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm probably telling him to check it down and get to somebody that actually is wearing a green jersey. And typically, a running back is your best option when you're throwing interceptions. Yeah, but I think we can all agree, too, that Fitzpatrick isn't making the best decisions this season. Clearly. But he's also... 
Forte's also losing touches and carries to Bilal Powell. And outside. catches. And catches. Bilal yeah. Powell had six catches today. Eight Forty-one targets, yards. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. I think that I think Forte's days are numbered. Is that, there. is that where the Jets are moving? They're moving towards Powell. Let me ask you guys this: What do you do? What do you do with Forte? Do you start him? Do you trade him? Do you? I I I, I think he's still drop him. him for now. Drop him. I think he's a sell him high if you can. Yeah, I drop he's him. Start him he's, depending he's, a on the he's a name you can you can throw into a trade and try to get get someone higher. That's exactly what I do. I'd try to bundle him in with a with a with a player and hope somebody just takes the name. See which one of your buddies were old big bears yeah. fans. Find the dummy in your league. One, two, three. Let's move it to the Mile High City out in Denver, Colorado, where the Falcons and the Broncos played this afternoon. I think we need to talk about Matt Ryan. The Broncos' defense has been unbelievable this year. Everybody knew it was going to be unbelievable again, coming off the big Super Bowl win last year. But Matty Ice came out. He didn't put up huge numbers, but Matty Ice did not lose this game. 200... 67 yards and a touchdown today. He managed the game well. Look at these running backs here. Tevin Coleman, four catches, 132 yards and a touchdown. Two-headed backfield. Can't stop him. Who do you pick this week? Who do you pick next week to start? Do you start both of them if you have them? What do you do? 100%. It's the best two-headed monster in football right now. The one-two punch of these guys, you have to start. They're both must-starts every single week. Atlanta has figured out what other teams have been trying to figure out forever, and that's how you play two running backs and feed them both and make them both fantasy relevant. They're ridiculous. My concern is uh, Julio Jones. If you're a Julio Jones owner, right, Can you do you sleep in tonight? I mean, after last week's performance and then this week. So in the last two weeks, I'm sorry, in the last three weeks, he's had under five points in two out of his last three weeks as a number one wide receiver probably in football. I can't possibly feel good about that. Yeah, I, I agree. But look at the three weeks that he did have big numbers, you know. Week one versus Tampa Bay, he had 66 yards of touchdown. Then at Oakland, you know, 20 fantasy points. Last week, 50 fantasy points. I'm not worried about him. He's going to put your numbers up. I think the only thing is, like like I said earlier, is Matty Ice is game managing this week. He's going to take what's there. He's not going to try to press anything or force it to Julio Jones just because he's Julio Jones. He knows if he needs him, he's there. This week, they didn't call for that because the running backs were just having solid games and the defense didn't know how to pick them up. The inconsistency is frustrating for fantasy owners, though. When you when you see one week, Julio Jones puts up 300 yards and, you know, a touchdown or two, and then next week, unfortunately. Well, yeah, look at, look at his target. Takeaway last week, he's only averaging roughly six targets a, a game, so. Well, it's because those running backs are getting all exactly. targets. Yeah, I think the more frustrating part for a fantasy owner is that you can't bench him. Because no, no, if you, no, if, but it's just, uh, it's just you're thinking about benching him, you're, you're out of control. Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm just thinking about, I'm just thinking about the consistency piece. It would frustrate the absolute hell out of me. I mean, on the other side of the ball, just in comparison, we have uh, Demarius Thomas. I mean, Demarius Thomas is the absolute like definition of consistency. If you look at his numbers across this 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 year so far, averaging seven targets a week. Oh, every single week he gets his seven targets. He gets his five to six, seven catches, uh, almost 100 yards, a touchdown the last three straight weeks, always in the double-digit point range. You're never going to get a week where you're probably going to see two or three or four fantasy points out of him. 
and potentially lose the week for you. The only thing that's crazy this year is Emmanuel Sanders is out targeting him. Well, I, I think with Paxton Lynch out are starting this week, Simeon out. I think Paxton Lynch was the best thing that could have happened to Emmanuel Sanders. If you watched um, Denver since the you know since Simeon got hurt and Paxton Lynch has gotten in, he th- he's got tunnel vision so bad for Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, it's like every second pass is going his way. It's it's crazy. He had nine targets, seven catches, eighty yards today. He loves him some Sanders. And I think Trevor Simeon back next week playing uh, at San Diego. I think you start everybody on Broncos there. It's going to be huge. I think if you have, uh, to sum it all up, I think if you have Julio Jones, you just drop. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to take it to deep in the heart of Texas where we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, how could you not start this conversation off by talking about Dallas? Zeke is a Beast. He had another 15 carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Caught three or four passes for 37 yards. Over the last three weeks, this guy is averaging 137 yards in a touchdown. People were haters coming into the draft. He's a rookie. He doesn't know the offense. Then he gets out there in one of those states when they're out playing a game in one of the weed shops and people were criticizing him for that. It doesn't matter. End of the day, this guy is getting his touches. Getting his points. I've been trying to trade my coworker Tom Rivera for Zeke Elliott for the last three weeks, and he wants the world, rightfully so. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this, so he doesn't hear me talking about it. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the people that went ahead and, and, and took the reach in the first round of their drafts this year and got Zeke, I think they're 100% being rewarded, unlike myself with Odell Beckham. But uh, yeah, I think Zeke is absolutely leading the NFL right now in, in rushing yards. He, he does everything. You can't go wrong with that. Prescott, looking another good day, game, another game with no interceptions, 227 yards and a touchdown, just efficient. The question I have for you guys is, does Romo get his job back? No. I think I think he'll, he'll give get one opportunity. He's definitely going to get his job back. Jerry Jones loves him. Coach Garrett loves him. They go fishing together. He's definitely getting his job back. I asked this. I asked this last. I asked the same question last week on the podcast. I think I'm going to ask this question every week until Romo gets back and just gets his job back. Because I agree with you guys. I, I think it's silly that he would get his job back, but I think. You know, he's so deep in Jerry Jones's pocket. I think he's going to have and to. Get his and job again, back. you know, no, no disrespect to Dak, but he's kind of a game manager. They're they're not really doing crazy stuff with him. I think you got a team that rallies around him, and I think he I think he helps Elliott because he's a threat to run and take off himself. I think if you give him Dez back, which you know, let's be honest, Dez is probably just as injury prone as 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 Romo. He's doing pretty well. But the problem is there. What is, is if you're not feeding Dez, Dez gets angry, throws his little tantrums, and you know, like the style of offense that Dak has, you know, he's going to definitely not be getting the deep ball down to Dez. Well, my Dez point being is that Romo I think loves bringing it up to Dez, make Dez happy, you make team happy. The point I'm trying to make, though, is I think that what you have right now is a 4-1 team with a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back that are just stealing the show. But I know what you have there, too. And you don't need you to have, change that. You have Jerry Jones. It doesn't matter yeah. what the team has. He doesn't care about the team. He's Jerry Jones. He's going to do what Jerry Jones wants to do and what makes him happy. Well, they look good today. They did, uh, they did beat down on Cincinnati. Cincinnati looked kind of stale. They looked terrible. Yeah, Dalton salvages his uh, fantasy week with 269 yards and, and two touchdowns, mostly in garbage time. The big, the big news I thought if, is if you're a, if you're a Jeremy Hill owner, what the hell happened to Jeremy Hill today? Gio Bernard got the start. I mean, they didn't run the ball a lot because they were behind, but I'm, Hill didn't do anything 
for this team. Four, four rushes for 12 yards. Over the last couple weeks, you were pretty impressed and pretty happy to have Jeremy Hill on your team. This week, just absolute letdown. Same thing, A.J. Green had a uh, had a tough week. Four catches, 50 yards, no touchdowns. Still had eight targets, though. Yeah, that but targets doesn't get you fantasy points. But I, I agree with you. He vultured two touchdowns, eight catches, 68 yards. Not a whole lot to talk about except Zeke in this one. Zeke is just pure silliness. For those fantasy owners out there thinking about picking up Randall LaFell, what's your take on that? I think both of these guys had him on their team. Yeah, I picked him up and dropped him. I actually drafted him late in like probably the 14th, 15th round, and I dropped him. I don't think this is just a, this was just a, a game that they worried about A.J. Green. They wanted to stop A.J. Green. They did exactly that. LaFell just happened to be the recipient of I mean, some, deep, deeper leagues, large. you might be, you know, if, you, if you're hurting for a bi-week flyer, you might want to give him a shot. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to put up these numbers that he had today on an every-week basis. So. And, know. you know, I'm going to follow Eddie's lead here with Frank Gore shout-out. I'm going to do a Dak Prescott shout-out. Chasing Tom Brady's completions without an interception. Good luck, buddy. Hopefully you get that. Wow, just put the... Put the hex on him right there. I want to give a shout-out to Tony Romo, who will be spending a lot of time on his couch soon when he loses his job. Boom. Uh, to answer your question, I would say LaFell, in my opinion, is not much of a pickup. Buffalo Bills traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Not too much, but there is stuff to talk about here. The thing I really want to talk about here is my man Todd Gurley. He's starting to pick up. The first couple weeks, he's been a buster. Last couple weeks, though, he stepped up, had a couple touchdowns here and there. This week, you know, he went off for 108 total yards and a touchdown. Also had a fumble. you got to watch that. It's going to impact some fantasy owners. I've been trying to trade him. I don't know what the heck to do with him. What What do you do with him? I, I love him. I, I traded for him in a trade a couple weeks ago, and he's been lighting it up since. I think he's just an, he's just an everyday start. I don't really call 16 fantasy points lighting it up. Why not? For, for running back this for, year? For running back this year, he's probably top 10 for, for the week. And, again, what I will tell you on a different side of the ball is my man, Shady McCoy. Little known fact, guys. I don't know if you know this, but uh, you, know, you know where Shady McCoy's from? The Lebanon area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Right here in good old Hburg. That's right. Harrisburg. Shady McCoy. 18 carries, 150 yards. Another monster week for Shady. I told they everybody. Didn't get in the end zone. He got yeah, vultured this I, week. Yeah, he did. But I told everybody last week, get on him. Tommy, I think you told everybody to get out there and make some trades oh, for I him. Oh, I said trade for this guy. Rex Ryan loves him. Week in and week out, he's getting his touches, his catches. He's a beast. He's new a offensive beast. coordinator. Get out there and get him. The new offensive coordinator finally figured out how to use Shady McCoy. He is their workhorse right now. As long as Sammy Watkins is out, uh, it looks it looks promising for Shady to keep keep driving. Um, I was gonna I was gonna mention that I think he was kind of put aside with in the limelight of Sammy Watkins, but now that Watkins is on the IR, I think McCoy is gonna step it up and, and produce. Little disappointing, real fast. I just want to touch on a little disappointed with uh, Robert Woods after his big week last week. I think he was on a couple of our of our segments with some people should be looking to pick him up. Huge disappointment this week. Two catches. He's still at his target. Two yeah, catches, 26 he, he yards. He tied for the lead of, with the team for yeah. target this week. He got screwed out of a touchdown, too. Yeah, I, I'd still keep him keep him on your radar for sure. He's going to get better. More in rhythm with Tyrod Taylor as, as they play more together, as he's playing as like number one, number two there with Sammy Watkins out. Definitely keep him on your radar. Just for this purpose alone of this game, I'm going to tell you that I would prefer to have Kenny Britt over uh, Robert Woods. If you're going deep leagues and you're looking for some guys for some, some help at the, waiver, at the wide receiver position, Kenny Britt, five catches, 75 yards, another quality game. Just keep him in mind, guys. All right, take it to the next one. Probably one of the biggest all-around fantasy player productions came between 
the Oakland Raiders and Wales Vagina Chargers. Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego, which of course in German means a whale's vagina. Hmm. No, there's no way that's correct. There was a lot of production between both quarterbacks. Uh, that, that was a uh, it, it was a big production week between both Rivers and Derek Carr and the receivers. Um, I think it's it was probably inevitable that this was going to be an absolute shootout. I loved Derek Carr going into this game. Uh, big time fantasy top two, I believe I had him in my rankings. And we obviously know what Philip Rivers does. He just slings and slings and slings until his arm is in a sling. Philip Rivers, 359 yards, four touchdowns. Derek Carr, 317 yards, two touchdowns. It was just an absolute air assault in this game. Pretty much every receiver on the San Diego team. Besides Dontrell Inman. Yeah, besides the guy on your team, Eddie, um, everybody on that team had like a ridiculous fantasy week for, uh, for, for for catching the ball. Amari Cooper finally bounced back, 138 yards and a touchdown. Didn't give up three touchdowns to Crabtree, luckily, but he did. Crabtree did get him one. No, he gave up three touchdowns to himself by not staying in bounds. Yeah, he definitely needs to stay in bounds. All in all, in my opinion, a lot of fantasy values going on in this game. The only thing I would take away is, is Philip Rivers is a must-start all the time, except next week he plays uh, he plays Denver. So yeah, Thursday night. Another big thing too: Antonio Gates back this week. He had a touchdown. Hunter Henry had a touchdown. Is this is this another situation like you have Hunter up there in, in uh, New England? No, I think this is Hunter Henry's probably his last significant week. If you have him, I believe drop him. Drop him. Drop him. I don't think he's going to be significant going forward. I think this was Gates is back in. He wanted to give it a give it a go, make sure he was feeling all right, and see how the see how his 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 injury was feeling. I think he's fine. Four catches, thirty yards, and a touchdown. He had a fumble. Yeah, but he out he out he actually out targeted Henry this week. Henry had more rush uh, more receiving yards and a touchdown, but I, like I said, I think he just that, dropped the guy. I, I I think he has way too much value. So you're gonna keep a second tight end on your team? You would you keep Martellus Bennett? That's completely different. That's a totally different type of organization. Now you want to question two tight ends? Here. Because that's that's apples and oranges. Belichick is a he's a he's a master of figuring out how to use two tight ends. So you just got done saying Phil Rivers San Diego. is a start every week because they put up so many yeah, passing yards through the air. They don't play now two tight ends, sudden, man. They I, don't. I think it might be a new system that they might work out with. Make sure you send them an email and let them know that. But they don't play two tight ends. I think the numbers prove they play themselves. One or, I don't have to send they don't emails. Play them at the, the numbers same prove time. themselves. There's not going to be enough targets there for both of them to be stayed. And Antonio Gates With all guy. the receivers out this year, I think there might be enough targets. You have Danny Woodhead out. You have Keenan Allen, Stevie Johnson all out for the season with injuries. Who else are you going to throw to? Like you said earlier, Inman, he's doing a great job. Yeah, Travis Benjamin, sure, he's a flyer. He can't really do much. He's a small little guy. So I think the two tight ends are going to end up working out here in San Diego. Uh, well, I guess time will tell. Um, I mean, that's difference of opinion there. I say keep drop him. Tommy says keep him. Keep him. Melvin Gordon, however, uh, clearly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Coughs up a fumble again and pretty much coughed at the game pretty for the most part. For the second week in a row. The second week in a row. Guy that you really got to start worrying about. I mean, he's a fantasy He's a fantasy help, and he's a fantasy, you know, phenomenon for you when he's scoring touchdowns. But how long before he's in the doghouse, Eddie, do you think, if he keeps fumbling? I would say, I mean, I they have no one else. Who, who, who else is, who would be his replacement? I don't even know. Do they still have Brandon Oliver? He might be back no, there. Brandon no, Brandon Oliver is actually not going to okay. soup cans. All right. So uh, I, I mean I don't know who their top shelf at Walmart after after Danny Woodhead went down I don't know who their who who's behind and um, I'm, Melvin Gordon I'm thinking I'm gonna go pick up Dexter McCluster uh, he didn't get much playing time today though yeah that was me joking 
Just kidding. Uh, I agree. Melvin Gordon, Gordon leads the league with running backs for most touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, today was the seventh, I think, of the year. Seventh of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 you have to start him. No, and I agree. With you. My concern is that when it's crunch time and you need you need a guy to hold on to the ball, they don't go to him, and that's my worry for him. So that's a real football problem, not so much a fantasy football yeah, problem. Look, it's a real fantasy football problem. If your guy's not getting the ball, he's not scoring you points. But they have nobody else to give him the ball. Well, then you just you just swing passes. I don't know. What do you want to tell you? Maybe go to that two tight end thing. I heard. Oh, I thought we weren't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a good idea. But yeah, I mean, and on the other side of the. The ball, Los Angeles Raiders. They're they're now three and one. It's Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders are now three and one. South California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's uh, still California dreaming over there. I know. I still remember when Bo Jackson was their running back. So he's playing Tecmo Bowl right now. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think uh, Oakland. They're starting off strong. They're they're, they're folding off. They they keep on winning, whether it be by three points like today or um, or less than that, which they have won by in the, in the previous couple of weeks. But I think Carr and his wide receiving core are, are they're just fantasy, fantasy point scorers. I would say this. I will have to give credit where credit is due. We have a guy sitting in here in our fantasy league that has both Cooper and Crabtree on his team. Most people would look at that and laugh. And Derek Carr. Yeah, and Derek Carr. Most people would look at that and laugh, but I'm pretty sure he's getting the last laugh over the last couple of weeks. I don't know. What, what's your situation with that, Cavi? Are you thinking about getting rid of some of those guys soon? No. Right. I hope I play you on their bye week. Oh, week 10. I definitely hope yeah, I play it's over then. But uh, it really doesn't it, matter it, because I'm still losing, even though I have them when they're going off. So if any listeners are out there that do actually have Cooper and Crabtree on your team, I mean, great job for having them, and, and I give you all the credit for having the balls to keep them. Let us know what your plan is of doing with them so that Cavi actually has a plan going forward. I think Oakland's defense is kind of lack, you know, lacking, so I think they're going to have to throw because they're going to be down. So I think Derek Carr is going to put up points and his receiving core is going to put up points. And a lot of people were talking how Oakland's defense was supposed to be great this year, uh, one of the best in the league, was supposed to be the big thing that no one was talking about. You know, obviously we're all talking about Cooper and Crabtree and Carr and Latavius Murray. You know, I know he's injured right now. But people are on Oakland's defense, and they are junk. Uh, speaking of Latavius Murray, I think that we can all agree here that um, Oakland is in desperate need to get them back. Both their running backs that I'm sure a lot of people went and grabbed up, snatched up off the Washington, yeah. Washington, Washington and Richard, uh, they, I mean, they were they were running on flat tires today. It didn't look good for them at all. Combined 17 carries for 54 yards. That's that's kind of rough. Yeah, Washington had five catches, so he, he's catching on the backfield to get you some some dirties. But I'll well, be they honest, both had, they both had catches. Bring 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 Murray back quickly. No, as a uh, owner of two wide receivers for the Oakland Raiders, I hope that Latavius Murray is done for the season, personally. So. All right. Fair All right. Um, well, that's that's it. We're going to start wrapping it up here. Actually, we are wrapping it up. Um, but thanks for tuning in and listening to the Point After Show. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Point After Show. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And check out our website at thepointaftershow.com for weekly rankings, blogs, and other fantasy football information. And catch all new episodes of our podcast Fridays and Mondays. Thanks a lot, guys. And remember, drop them. Always go with your gut.